Well, hello, fellow CNCers. I am Garrett Frommy with IDC Woodcraft down here in the States, in Indiana specifically. And <laughs> this podcast is about CNC routers and what machine you should get. And so my partner here, Bill Keys, up in Canada, say hi, Bill. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we decided, well, we didn't decide, we get asked all the time, what machine should I get for the, the, the CNC interested people who are looking to get into it? And they start to research it and end up uh, getting overwhelmed with options and selections. And so we want to dive into this a little bit to help give you a better idea of what to be looking for when you are searching out a machine. Because... Quite frankly, you know, Bill and I both are face, you know, on Facebook groups for CNC. And Bill, what's the number one question that the beginners ask? What machine should I buy? <laughs> yep. And what kind of answers do they get? Very many answers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Bas basically, what, by the time I'm done reading the answers, when people ask that, is I am more confused. <laughs> because there are so many brands out there. In fact, I tried to come up with a quick list of all the different brands. And so here you go. I'm just going to fire these off. You have Inventables with the X-Carve, right? The Bob CNC, Avid, Workerbee, which is what? Oozenest? I don't even know how you pronounce the name of that company. Shipoko, Onefinity, uh, Open Builds, Shark, Long Mill, uh, CNC for newbies. Uh, and, and that's just the beginning of the list. So there are just so many to pick from. And that's the first thing that I think uh, creates confusion. So what we're not going to do here is say, buy this brand, buy this machine, because we're not here to favor companies. We're here to give you the guidance so you can figure out what you want for you and what your intentions are and to help you kind of look a little bit further into the future as to what you might want to be doing because i what i see often is uh, people buy based on budget and don't really see certain factors that will jump out fairly quickly um size right <laughs> yeah and a good way you know everybody wants to jump on a Facebook group and ask a question and just know that unless if you're on a specific Facebook group, if you're on the long mill Facebook group and you ask them what they think about their machine, 95% of the responses you get are going to be positive. You know, not, you don't go on that group and, and ask them about other machines. Everybody's there because they use the machine. They like the machine. They're going to support that group. So just be aware that when you're on these different Facebook groups, everybody machine is the best. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So probably the first thing to do just based on what Bill just said is pull back and uh, you can go into Facebook groups and ask people, but I, you might want to reconsider your question. So here's what I see all the time. And I know Bill sees it too is Here's what, here's what they say. They say, I know this question has been asked a million times, but what machine do you think I should get? Or what do you think about this machine? And yeah, everybody's got answers. So, and, and no answer is the same. You really need to, to 
ask yourself a few questions before you even ask that question to somebody else. So if you can't answer a few simple questions like, what are you planning on making? What's your budget? You know, what type of skill level are you? You need to look at those basic questions before you can even ask what kind of CNC should I buy? Yeah. And the other big question is what is your intention with it? There's basically two intentions. People come into this thing. If one is a hobby and the other is to make money. And those are key to selecting the machine that you want. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, Bill, the hobby versus side hustle versus full-blown business and how somebody should like look at themselves in this kind of aspect to help them start to define their machine. Well, I mean, I guess it's there's a couple of ways to look at it. There's the, I know nothing about this. I'm very interested in this as a hobby. I want to get my feet wet. There's people that have a little bit of knowledge a little bit of a design background. They're a woodworker on the side and they want to get a CNC to make signs. You know, it could be a laser. This could apply for a plasma cutter as well. You could be a welder and you want to get a plasma table. So there's all these different angles to look at it. So saying that it's a hobby doesn't mean that you are going to go get the cheapest machine that you can find on Amazon. It can also mean that you're going to take it a little more seriously you're going to buy something that's a little bit bigger than a, than a entry-level machine and you're going to approach it from that angle. And if you're, if you're really serious about it and you're looking at this as a business-making venture, even though it is at home as a part-time gig, you might consider an even upper-level machine that has better hardware, more support, uh, you know, better software, you know that you can contact somebody the moment that you have problems and you're going to have, you're going to have somebody to, to answer questions instead of relying on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a big point. And I am actually quite biased on this one. I'm, I'm going to dare to say this, that if you're looking at buying something and you, and you go to Amazon and just buy ad hoc because, okay, that looks like the right machine at the cheapest price or eBay. I think most people, I've seen this many times, is they buy it and then they don't have the support and they can't get it fired up. And it's, so Bill mentioned support. Support is huge because you're not just buying something that's, um, it's not like a coffee maker, right? A CNC machine is a machine that, you have to do some design work and your design software has to plug into your controller software. Uh, your controller software has to, has to run the machine and the machine and the software have to communicate in the right way. And uh, I'm missing yeah. something. Post-processor, right? <laughs> that's, that's one of those little yeah. side things, the I mean, post-processor. <laughs> every single one of the, those that you mentioned, depending on which machine you get, are different. Yeah. So not you can't just buy a machine off of ebay and expect to plug it into your old laptop that's running windows 98 and have it to work and the same thing you can't expect to plug that into a, a tablet that you use on the weekends to watch movies so a lot <laughs> right. involved that really so you really need to to do a little bit of homework uh -huh. That that actually taps into one of the things I've got written down here, like the usability, the easiness of it. When it comes down to it, um, there, there, I, I would say, Bill, there is 
uh, in the scheme of things, an easier uh, way of doing it and a harder way of doing it. But I, I use the term easy lightly because it's lear learning the concepts of putting that stuff together, how uh, like the design and then going to your G code and then going to your yeah. machine, picking your bits and things like that. But that's kind of getting off target. The, the, let's step to what you want to do with a CNC machine. Do you want to use it for a hobby? Is this a side hustle machine? Or is it a full-blown business that you want to get into? And those are, are major factors in what you're going to be spending on your machine. And that kind of ties back to budget, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, budget is a factor at every single one of the levels. It's a budget for anything you buy. It doesn't matter if it's a CNC, if it's the router bits, if it's the software, if it's the material you're cutting. I mean, it all, it all boils down to budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> let, let's talk about, um, I, I think the size of the workspace is probably more important than the hobby side hustle, full-blown business type of thing, because you can make very small things and do very well. Workspace has a lot to do with it. And thing that I bet you 80% of, of, CNC users that buy a machine and are still doing it a year or two later, they'll one thing they'll always say is they wish they would have bought a bigger machine. Yes. Uh, yeah. I wish I bought a bigger machine. <laughs> you, you know, when I bought mine, I bought it to just really test the waters, uh, like you just said. And very quickly, I found I want a bigger machine. The, Bill, uh, th yeah. we're, we're just going to make a point of this that. Uh, because Bill said that we we see it all the time. We feel it ourselves. If we could only have a bigger machine, and so a lot of people when they're buying their CNC routers are putting their budget ahead of the objectives. And sometimes you don't even know what your objective is. But one thing you are almost certainly going to figure out is if you gauge yourself on your budget and go for a smaller machine you are likely going to regret it fairly quickly and wish that you had invested a little bit more money on on a bigger size i mean size matters when it comes to cnc when you're making projects if science I mean, right another way to, to do that too because it is it is budget is a limiting factor but the way i bought my machine which was the, the shivoko is I had a budget and I looked at what the biggest machine I could get for my budget was. I guess the best, in my opinion, at the time was because there's certain steps in a CNC size. And as soon as you increase your bed, you know, the cost does go up. There's, just, there's no way around it. So it's, it's almost in, in tiers and in steps. So if, if you've got a smaller machine, it's going to cost one price point. As soon as you go up to a three by three, there's a whole bunch of them and another price point. And as soon as you leave that area, you know, there's still hobby level machines, but again, they're at a different price point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Bill, I was, I was thinking <laughs> before uh, if CNC routers, uh, the cost of them, if you would put it like at the square footage to the cost of a house, how much would a CNC router cost if it was like the size of a house? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I think you're talking a couple million dollars. <laughs> that, that that's that's how relevant size is, and 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 the workspace. When we're talking about size, it's the workspace size. How, how big the how big of projects can you make? I mean, you're talking little machines for that do seven inches by twelve inches, all the way up to five foot by ten foot. Then of course you can get even bigger. But when here's the type of price point difference when it comes to that is when you're talking about this little machine you can get it for a couple hundred dollars maybe 300 and yep. when you're getting up to the five by ten foot now we're getting into thirteen thousand twenty thousand dollars the one the one that i have at work is when it was new which is quite old but it was over 100 over 100 grand yeah, that's yep. more. That's uh, that's uh, more at the industrial level, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's you know once you get up to a table that size, I mean, you can buy. I guess Avid has a five by ten, which yeah. again, they're probably they're not they're not cheap. No, those are like fifteen thousand dollar machines or twenty thousand dollars at those. least, right? Yeah. So, but coming back to size. Um, really sit back and think about what you want to make. I mean, you, so my machine is a 24 inch by 24 inch, which makes a fairly nice sign. However, I find that uh, I wish I had 36 inch capability to make just, just a little bit bigger. It would make a huge difference in the signs I can make for companies and for people. Um, so well, a lot of the time too is, yeah. You might not know what you need until it's too late. Uh -huh. um, because I'll give you an example of mine is that I bought the Spoko, which has a cutting bed of 32 by 32, 31 by 31, let's say. Um, I use it. I made signs that large. But once I found the little niche that I have in my local area and I'm producing signs that are 20 by 20, that's great. I can make that's well within the capabilities of my machine, but for productivity and efficiency, if I had a four by eight table, instead of cutting one of these at a time, I could be cutting eight at a time. I could be putting four by eight sheets on the table and cutting multiple out. So you don't yep. realize this until sometimes it's too late. So to try to plan it all out way in advance is, is almost impossible. Yeah, that's that's a, a good point. Yeah, is are you going to be doing custom stuff, or are you going to be doing repetitive stuff? And if you're going to be repetitive and make wanting to make money with it, then you definitely want a larger bed. But like Bill said, now you can get to more productivity. You can have uh, ten pieces being made at one time as opposed to one where you're having to swap out constantly. So. Uh, yeah, and custom jobs, of course, they take a lot longer uh, relative to repetitive jobs. So it just really comes down to what do you want to make? If, if you're just buying it for fun as a hobby level, I would say personally is stay over <laughs> a 12-inch by 12-inch size. Uh, 24 by 24 will, will get you. Uh, some nice projects you got still got a lot of space right there and um but if you want to go bigger you know you just you have to have a bigger machine although some of the softwares out there that you pay for 
uh, they do have what they call a tiling capability where you can design a bigger one, even though your machine can't actually physically move in a larger space, you can segment your designs in a way where you do part of it and then you move your stock and then you do the next part of it, you move your stock and you do the next part of it and that's called tiling. So there are ways around having a smaller machine. Yeah. So repetition uh, versus custom, uh, hobby versus side hustle versus full-blown business. If you're doing this for a full-blown business, you know, you're getting into some serious stuff and you really want to uh, do your research. Of course, I think most people that are planning on that, they actually do do a lot of deep research to do that. Oh, that yeah, sure at least do. that's what I've noticed. Um, the hobby level, the, the, the beginner who is just, okay, cool, there's a CNC machine. And it makes amazing stuff. Really gauge what you think you want to make in the long term. And you probably want to think a little bit bigger as far as size based on, from that. And that'll just give you a little more flexibility. Uh, one of the other things is the support. Uh, we talked about this a bit before. When you buy off of the third party sources like Amazon and eBay, if, like I said, you, you're not buying a coffee maker and inevitably we have problems with CNC machines at some point. I mean, I, I haven't had any problems with mine that I've had to make contact with, but you and I have been in Facebook groups enough to know that people do have these issues. And I don't know, have you ever had an issue where you had to go back to a supplier or talk to them, get some help? Not on my, my particular machine. I've had pretty good luck. You know, I'm going on three years, all original uh, equipment. It worked the day I bought it. Uh -huh. It's worked ever since. So, uh, but I mean, some people do. It's just uh, the way the the way it goes. But right. I mean, like you said, support is very important. And I know from my my end, like the Shapoko support that I've seen on on the Facebook group is you know great, and people rave about it. So that's something to consider when buying a machine. Like you said, if you you can go on on some of the China sites and you can get yourself a five thousand dollar CNC from China, that doesn't mean it's going to work. And no. I don't know what kind of support you're going to get. The time difference is, you know, what eight, 20, 12 hours. I'm not sure what it is. Right. Um, so having having a reputable company that wants to back their product and have a happy customer at the end of the day. You know, you need to realize when you're buying a machine, you're 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 paying for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we neither one of us can stress this enough that probably the the biggest thing that you want to pay attention to is the support that the company has, uh, you know, how they deal with their customers. So when you're buying off of third parties, you want to you really want to check that out. When yeah, you, know, you when, really. It, boils down to your to your skill level as well when you're when you're looking at a hobby machine and you're looking at the pricing you know how much skill and knowledge do you have are you comfortable you know tackling hardware issues are you comfortable you know setting up and installing your own machine are you comfortable installing software and, and troubleshooting computer issues you know you need to look at all these answers and and, and realize what level of support are you willing to pay for yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting note because most people don't have that uh, 
comfort level and realize that they're going to have to deal with some of the technical issues like that as they get their machine set up. And so, yeah, you want that kind of support. I get that kind of question all the time. And I, I refer them back to the, the company I bought it from. You know, I'm, I teach CNC for beginners and I do one-on-ones with people who are just getting started. In fact, if you're interested or just brand new, uh, I'll put a link down in the description of this podcast where you can schedule time with me to help you get rolling. People need help. There is no one-on-one out there. The point was, is I'm not a technical guy that can solve the technical problems. You know, I am a CNC design uh, and, and what, what bits you want to do, how you're going to go through your design. I mean, I'll help people pick out machines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's so many different variables out there for all these different machines and the even the more and more machines that are coming on the market that are making their own software um, you've got to deal with them you they're very unlikely that you'll be able to buy a machine that uses a completely third-party software and and be able to call somebody down the street to help you troubleshoot it mm-hmm. it's you know a lot of these these things are, are new to a lot of people and I've been doing this for 12 years and I couldn't answer half the questions I see. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that you'd want to consider in your machine is the robustness of the machine, right? The, uh, some machines out there are not very strong and uh, that does affect how the machine performs. It does limit the ability uh, to be quick, but quickness doesn't always matter. It is a factor. I wouldn't say speed is a factor. That speed will come with the rigidity of your machine, but don't think because you're paying a couple extra thousand dollars, you're going to be able to cut things three times faster. It's more, uh, you get repeatability. You get the fact that your machine does exactly what you tell it to. It's not wandering. You're not losing steps. Uh, the bit isn't cutting at an angle when you're because your head is loose you know that doesn't get chatter there's there's a lot that goes into it and and the thing that comes with having a rigid or robust machine is that the components are they're bigger they're beefier they cost more yeah yeah there's more stuff in it yeah that that made me think about the drive systems so there's generally three types of drive systems in, in a machine. When I say drive system, it's the, the, the things that actually make the machine move. So there's like a belt drive, there's a lead screw and a ball screw. And rack and pinion. And then there's rack and pinion as well. Yeah. And rack and pinion is like the most robust. And then you Then it works its way down from ball screw to lead screw to belt. However, you'll see a lot of people say, oh, don't use belt machines. Uh, you know, they, I think they don't just know. Belts seem to work. Your machine's a belt-driven machine. You've been running it for three years, right? Yep, and I've never replaced a belt on it. Right, right. And, and it, it, it works pretty hard. Yeah, and, and, it, and it holds its tolerance. So one of the things you will take into account, those things – come into play in the cost of the machine too they also come into play in if you're going to be in high production then you want to get into lead ball screws lead screws or rack and pinion 
so because they're just more durable over long haul uses so i don't i'm not sure if we like helped people out here in this machine <laughs> selection because it's it, it is such a tricky thing so the, the, one of the things you you have is the is the budget and you can expect to pay for a baseline decent machine a thousand dollars and get comfortable with that maybe a couple thousand dollars and typically the uh, a desktop cnc router tends to range between maybe a thousand a, a good one with a decent size to it tends to range between a grand and maybe seven or eight grand there's also we've talked about the uh, hobby level entry level there's also the upper entry level which would be like the uh the aximo whatever it's called what's that it's, um you're talking like side hustle type of machine uh well it i mean some people do it's they're small tables they're only 24 by 36 but they're built like the upper level tables they uh, use yeah. you know linear rails companions or, or lead screws uh the motors are larger they're bigger machines right yeah the step craft is like that yeah exactly so there are the upper level doesn't just because you're looking at a entry-level hobby machine doesn't mean you're you're limited to not having what the big boys have right but but again those machines cost three times more than shapoko and xcar one of those machines do yeah absolutely yeah, and, and you're paying for it. You're paying for the the robustness and, and the back-end uh, support and some of the extra features that they throw into the machines. Um, maybe even yeah. more rigid all the way around. No, I, yeah. You would expect that. You would totally expect exactly. that. Exactly. But again, yeah. it all it all comes down to, I mean, my advice to anybody looking for a machine is, is start with your budget, start with your skill set, Start with what what you want to do with that machine. What are you expecting that machine to do? Narrow it down to a few categories because every time you narrow it down one step, you're eliminating a few machines here and there. And then you're going to find yourself with two or three machines to pick from. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that point, that's when you turn to the Facebook groups. <laughs> this, this is actually exactly. a, good, a good lead. You turn to the Facebook groups and just watch. Uh, scan through don't ask questions scan through and people will start what you'll start to see is the issues that people are having because they're putting the facebook how do i have this problem how do i solve it and you'll be able to tell if it's a machine related issue or if it's uh just some kind of setup issue but you'll start to see a pattern and you can knock out a couple of machines that way as well you can just watch you don't have to comment and you just watch and read and if you find that this particular group users are always having this same problem if that's a problem that you can deal with or that's a problem that they're not happy with you're not going to be happy with maybe that's you know maybe that's a, a con against that that machine that you're you're looking at buying right right yeah so really what to do is sit back think about what you want to accomplish first when i come from when i say that i come from the mindset of when you're looking at face uh, YouTube and you're seeing amazing stuff come out and it's going, Oh, I want to make that. And I want to get into that. Um, what is it that you want to make? 
and maybe it's just you just want to learn to do this you want to make some pretty stuff for your own your own home uh but is there a, a longer term agenda of uh, maybe i can make some money off of this that is a, a, a factor in making your purchase on your machine and think about the size of the equipment that you want to get to to accommodate what you want to do because if you want to make signs that are 24 by 24 and you buy a 12 by 12 inch machine you're going to regret it very quickly because you're letting money stop you yes money is a factor but i how many times you've seen it in the facebook groups i wish i went for a bigger machine all the time all or, the time you know they always ask when when are they coming out with a bigger machine yeah yeah and even i'm like that you know when i bought mine it was it was a test and, and i'm kind of saying well, i should have bought their next size up <laughs> but one of the reasons i bought my machine was uh the reputation of the company right and uh <laughs> i was floored very very good another thing you want to take into account too when you're buying this stuff is you do have after stuff you have to buy when you buy a cnc router but you need to buy router bits and it's it's interesting now i've seen this many times uh, where people will buy the, the the machines they'll spend three thousand dollars on the machine and they'll cheap themselves out on bits right buying some of the cheaper chinese made bits that cost five dollars <laughs> and, yeah. and and then they're getting crap work out of it and they hate their machine and it's not the machine it's the quality of the bit that you're buying that makes a huge difference and and that's something Bill and I were talked about when we first started talking about it and um, started sourcing router bits. How can we get good bits to people to that, that are reasonably priced? And so we finally, you know, we did it and we found a manufacturer in the U.S. And then we now start, we source bits because it, it makes such a huge difference. Bill, do you ever bought any cheap bits and tried them out? I have. And honestly, I've, I've got different results. Um I bought some Chinese bits uh, that were great for for what they were, though. Um, yeah. You don't expect to pay, you know, ten twenty dollars for a bit, and you don't expect that bit to last six months. You just doesn't happen. If you want a bit that's going to last six months, go pay a hundred or a hundred and twenty dollars for it. Yeah, but yeah, you know every. The market is flooded with these cheap Chinese bits. And if you're a new beginner, maybe that's an okay place to start. But as long as you know, your results are gonna vary. You might break one and, and they are what they are. They're, they're cheap Chinese bits. I mean, that's, there's no other way to put it. Right, right. But yeah. that, that being said, I'm sure that a lot of these big companies get their bits made in China. Oh, absolutely. Now, so we have to be careful here because not every because it's from China doesn't mean it's bad quality. No. It's, it's um, uh, yeah, a lot of I saw one of the uh, top brand name bits I bought and I'm looking at it going, this was not just a Chinese made product, but it was made like crap. Uh, mm -hmm. But Chinese there, there are very good products because companies do hold them yeah. to standards and and uh, so we just want it's when you're paying five dollars for a bit, you are going to get five dollars worth of quality out of it, or it's going to vary. And I saw one not too long ago, someone bought one 
the it was a um, what do you call it bit? It's a really wide curve bowl type of bowl, shape. Bowl bit? It, it's not a bowl bit. It's, it was intended more for like molding, doing the curves on molding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's like, like it's three inches different wide. angles. Yeah, it's well, it's three inches wide and just had a nice long curve to it. And anyway, the, the, it was bent on the shaft. That thing was running and it bent on the shaft, right? There were two, two reasons for that. Number one is they had it sticking out too far. You're cutting such a wide area because there's so much counter force. Um, and uh, two, it's, it's not a high quality bit. There is sacrifice in price. And, and so you just want to be aware of that. Yeah, you can start off with cheap bits i don't discourage buying really inexpensive bits especially if it's your brand new i did that right brand new uh test testing it out and see what you can do with it and if it, when you're starting to cut things like walnut and mahogany and things like that <laughs> you want to you want to make sure you start to steer away from those and start using your higher quality bits yes i mean if you're using if you're putting high quality material underneath your machine you want to be using high quality bits mm-hmm yeah. If you're interested in seeing what, what is available from Bill or I, you can go to our websites. They are listed down below in the description. But his is, uh, he, he takes care of Canada and I take care of the United States. So we've got almost all of North America covered, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, let's kind of wrap this up. So we said budget. Right. What do you want to do with it? Get a clear picture of where you'd like to go with this and buy based on that. And keeping a budget, but I would say don't don't let your budget choke you on your choices, because that that usually turns into a regretful decision of not buying a big enough machine. Make sure that there's support on the machine that you buy. I I touched on this before. You buy off of Amazon and eBay. Contact the sellers. A lot of times, the Amazon or eBay bit uh, machines are Chinese-made machines, which aren't always bad. However, they are middlemen. They are getting a commission off of, of it, right? They're not selling the machines, so they're not going to be a support system for you. And, and you're going to want that. And then you'll turn to Facebook groups. And I, I do find it frustrating Facebook when I have a problem. If I, I've learned not to go ask Facebook you know, in a group <laughs> too much because, um, because then I sit there and wait and twiddle my thumbs and wait for the right answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you want to be able to have the company to go back to. And what else, Bill? Well, I mean, it's... Like you said, you need to look at, at break down the list of what's important to you before you get too overwhelmed at all the possibilities that are out there. You know, look, look at your budget, look at what you want to build, look at the size you want, look at the support you'd like to have, uh, and, and just make yourself a list, you know, a little bit of time on the internet. Uh, some YouTube searches, some Google searches will we'll give you a list of machines and, and you can kind of do your research and see what the price is. And then you can kind of just start putting them in categories. And, yeah. and that's the best way to, to really tackle that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have uh, had a survey out there for a while 
if, if in fact if you have a cnc router already uh, i'll put a link down the podcast too to take a survey and it's for people who own cnc routers to give feedback on what they think it's actually uh, it's it'll probably take about 10 minutes to fill out but it, i've got what 440 responses so far i want to hit a thousand before i post this on my website it's i'm just going to the facebook groups please fill out the survey and it's for the different brand machines and i am getting good feedback and so i will post this on my website when i hit a thousand responses and and that'll give a good idea of what a good machine is and what's what's not <laughs> you know or give some guidance yeah yeah don't just put it out there to a, a facebook group like and, and say i want to buy a cnc machine which one should i get that is too generic <laughs> and, and you're going to get uh as many answers as that question was unclear <laughs> did that make sense <laughs> yeah no that's that's exactly it if you if you ask that question depending on which type of group you're in and and how people are feeling you're going to get a million different answers yeah you're never you're not going to get the right answer only you can make the right answer nobody can tell you what machine to buy so if, if you can't make the simple answer yourself then even owning a machine is going to be right cumbersome right it, it is kind of frustrating i mean that's where i do one-on-ones too i will be more than happy to do a one-on-one with you to talk about what your objectives are where you'd like to go and then help you select a machine now just to be clear i'm, I'm not free right if I, if I offered myself to do one-on-ones with that without a cost bill how busy you think i'd be <laughs> working every day uh, i would be uh, have probably about 48 hours worth of conversations in 24 hours okay. i have to sleep eat and have a personal life too so, but I do want people to make the right decision. So I do make myself available for that. There'll be a link down in the description to, to schedule some time with me if you'd like. Um, and you can email either one of us, Bill or me, uh, at our websites. Bill's is cncbits.ca and mine is idcwoodcraft.com. Uh, and uh, yeah. It's 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 a it's a tough subject to be talking about. We have our preference machines. Everyone else has their preference machines, but it's not my job or Bill's job to say this is the brand to get. It is a personal decision. It's your money. It's your objective. It's your dream. It's your creativity, and 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 you just have to do that. So if you wanted an answer on which machine to get, you're not getting it here. You have to look at your. You have to look at yourself. The last thing I want to say is that the majority of the people that I've met that order one of the machines with the company backing them up end up being happy with the results. So if you buy from a reputable company that has the proper support, uh, a website with you know technical support that you can email or call, you know, one that you can buy parts off of, you're going to be happy. You know, they will make sure that you're happy because if they don't have happy customers, they're not going to have a business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, to wrap this up, you know, CNC routing is a very enjoyable um, hobby business because you're exercising creativity. 
get in there can be enormously frustrating sometimes because you're learning lots of new stuff. And it, but that's part of the journey. As Bill said uh, once before in one of the other podcasts, if, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. And uh, there wouldn't be businesses out there where people make money with the CNC machine. And you can make money with CNC machines. And if that's an interest, then join the CNC Entrepreneurs Facebook group. Right? That's, that's what we started that for is to, with the mission of helping CNC machine owners make money with their CNC machines, helping each other as a collective. So yeah, lots of different, lots of different things to take into account. But of course, we're right back to the beginning. Which machine do you get? It's a hard decision. Yeah. But be a little defined uh, or create the definition before you start. So I... Yep, I've kind of said it all. <laughs> and uh, what, what about you, Bill? What do you think? Oh, I think we're good. I mean, if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to us. But, uh, you know, just hunker down, do some homework, and make the best decision you can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the end, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the process of getting it you enjoy the excitement of ordering it and waiting for it to come in the mail and then setting it up all not in anticipation of making that very first project and then when that first project comes out it's a wonderful feeling so that's the journey right and then then you start to create more and more and more so in everything we said don't let it skew you away if it became kind of frightening because we said a lot of things here keep going you know it's a from my perspective the cnc thing is a creative side of us so therefore it's like a, a fulfilling spiritual kind of thing and and let, let yourself go through that and, and do it and what does somebody say in an email recently to me if you don't if if you're not learning and learning new things you're dying right so okay well with that being said enjoy your journey to your to get in your cnc machine make it a fun investigating type of experience instead of letting it stress you out going oh my god which machine do i get to go with the flow go with the flow all right this is garrett with idc woodcraft and bill <laughs> Have a good day. Talk to you in the next podcast.